Welcome to the SOAR podcast. Thank you for your support. If you want to continue to support this podcast, there are a few things you can do for me. Please like, subscribe, and share. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would give me a five-star rating. And if you really feel motivated, go ahead and write a review. So welcome to SOAR, the Sisters Overcoming and Rising podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie, your host, and I'm here to help women overcome limiting beliefs so that they can live their best lives. Sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. It's time for transformation, time for healing. You've got the potential, you've got the power now. Sisters, overcoming and rising. Inspiration, interviews, and more. A sisterhood for healing and empowerment. Join Dr. Stephanie and Soul. I'm doing something a little bit different this week. I'm having a conversation with my good, good friend, Candace Dotson Reed who is a political genius. And since the topic of today's show really is a post-election special edition, we're just going to give our thoughts about the election from the perspective of being a black woman. Hey, Candace, how you doing? I am great. How are you? Thank you for having me on. And thank you for that very nice compliment. I don't know if I'm a political genius, but uh, love to dabble in the stuff. And, and I, like many people, have had some sleepless nights trying to keep up with everything. Exactly. What day are we even on? Is this like <laughs> day four, day five of the election? Like, Yeah. Like, the, you know, the election was on Tuesday and this, we're recording this now on Saturday. And like, it feels like it's been 50 days and one day at the same time. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting. We're patiently uh, waiting. This has definitely been a practice in patience. And I think people who sell under eye bag reversals are probably making a lot of money right now because I'm seeing a lot of under eye bags from lack of sleep. Well, I was really happy that we weren't doing this as a video as I, as I asked you this morning. I was like, I've had some late nights and early mornings. Exactly. I think most of us have. So one of the things that has struck me even on Tuesday in the early days of the election results is just the disparity in terms of who voted for Biden and who voted for Trump. And I know that as black women, we tend to vote overwhelmingly for the Democratic candidate, usually above 90 percent. But I was a little bit, I guess, a lot disheartened to see that even more white people voted for Trump this time than they did in 2016. After seeing all of the what I would consider failed policies in terms of COVID-19, being a frontline worker. I remember when we didn't have PPE. I remember when we couldn't test people and people were calling up begging for tests. And I had to say, you know, you don't meet criteria. I remember working all of those shifts and being exhausted. So I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think it is It is something that we'll have to look at. And, and this, first of all, this race will go down in history, right? This time period where we're living history that, you know, our great, 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 great grandkids, you know, if we're fortunate enough to have them, we'll, we'll study. One from a, a perspective of a failure of leadership from a, a president mm-hmm. and the way that many things were handled. And then two, this historic election and, and what it says. A couple things. So the exit polls right now, 
this is kind of a weird election to judge, right? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So the exit polls are saying that 94-ish percent right now, they're saying 94-ish percent of black women voted for uh, President Biden. And I think the number for white women was around 55 percent. So the the only thing that gives me a little bit, and I'm not defending anybody, but the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that these are the exit polls. So these are actually people who showed up to vote in person, right? So it doesn't give us a, oh. a true sense of what happened because we won't know from the, the mail-in ballots, right? No, I don't think we'll know. I guess we could, there's somebody probably who can look at the data, but right now we don't know that piece of it. Think about that. That's a yeah. good point. Which gives me like a tiny bit of hope, right? But like, you know, I hope for more white women or yeah, (laughs) yeah, that gives me a little bit of hope that that we have more allies out there than we think we have right now, which may not be the case, right? It might not be the case. You know, I think the bottom line is that this is a very divided country. I mean, we have 69 million people right now who still voted for the current president who has blatantly displayed disdain for black people and uh, and brown people and immigrants and, you know, anyone mm-hmm. who is not like him. And so we're a deeply divided country. Um, and this race in the past four years with what has gone on in this country has showed us that. The, the promising thing, and I, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more, is how black women have continued to show up. This is not new per se, but I think there has been some heightened awareness and conversation about the way that black women showed up. And I know we'll get to Stacey Abrams in Georgia, but I, I wanted to tee that up a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Black women have continued to show up and it feels like, well, when do when do we get a break? Right. When when do we get to sit one out and have other people kind of step up and do the heavy lifting? So that's one of the thoughts that comes to mind. And when I think about it myself, my answer is like never unless unless I depend on my other black sisters. You know, I feel like with them, I can pass the baton and sit out maybe for a couple of rounds and then pick back up but I don't feel like I have any reliable allies who will let me rest really yeah I mean I I feel the same way it's it's you know we have conversations via text message and just talking about the you know it's a burden and it's a burden and I I came on your show before it's a burden and an opportunity right I think it's Mm -hmm. But, but the burden is heavy, and it's heavy as it relates to this particular election. I was watching the great Abby Phillips on CNN. She's a journalist on CNN who, mm-hmm. um, who is amazing, like absolutely killing the game <laughs> as far as journalism covering this presidential race. And she was talking yesterday about why this is such a pivotal moment for Black women from a political strength standpoint. And talking, you know, she was referencing Stacey Abrams and referencing what it means for black women to see Senator Kamala Harris on this ticket and know, hopefully, um, unless something goes drastically wrong, that this will be the first black woman uh, vice president. I almost thought you said president. (laughs) Speak it. Speak it into existence. Exactly. I'm still on that. But part of the conversation, as she alluded to this, is, you know, the racism and the sexism that we deal with as black women and yet still have this burden and and to some extent like i feel like a responsibility to mm-hmm. uh, to show up in the quote unquote right way to get things done and you know i know many of us feel it not just in how we vote but at work and mm-hmm. uh, as parents and as partners and and we're constantly called upon to to show up in that way and then what's the 
what do we get from that? Right. Like right. there is, we do it as a sense of moral obligation, but it's time to now say, thank you, black women <laughs> for your consistency. And here's the result of that. Now, one of the, the results will be vice president elect Kamala Harris. I'm just going to speak it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, it's time to, and I tweeted this yesterday, how, how are we paying black women? How are you appointing black women? How are you promoting black women? Uh, you know, how are you elevating us and elevating our voices as we consistently show up regardless of the burden? Mm, that is such a good point. And, and I do think, I think it's time, it's past time for, for that to happen. And I am hopeful that that will happen in a Biden administration because I think that we will put pressure on to make that happen. But how does that trickle down into our professional lives and into other areas of society? Do you think that that will have an effect in other areas? You know, I hope so. And I don't want to put any kind of burden on on Vice President-elect Harris, but I think there is a there's something, you know, there's doors that are opened and opportunities that happen when you have a woman like her in a, in a position of leadership, at the highest level in the country, right? Like this is the highest position mm-hmm. uh, or one of the highest positions uh, right now that, that, sh- that a person can hold. Right. And, and there's a level of influence that comes from that. And I hope that people, you know, will, will respect that and see that and, and sort of think about how you disrupt systemic racism and sexism in organizations and and promote people who rightfully deserve to be promoted as black women. And, you know, I hope it trickles down. I'm not sure. You know, we've seen sort of this renewed desire or need to address diversity and inclusion and equity issues after the murder of George Floyd. It wasn't something new to many of us. We're like, the, this type mm-hmm. of stuff has continued to happen over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm happy that there are marches and I'm happy that there are protests, but like, what are we actually doing or what are people actually doing? Are you looking at your boards? Are you looking at your leadership team? Are you looking at who you, who you promote and elevate? And, um, and you only hope that these incidents, and it shouldn't have to be like this, like someone shouldn't have to die or people shouldn't have to continuously die. And we shouldn't have to like fight to get a black woman in the White House in order for things to change. But if this is going to be an additional catalyst to wake some folks up, I I hope it serves as that. So I'm hearing a lot of hope from you, which is which is great. And and I'm a little bit more on on the side of still being a bit in disbelief because this is this is what it is for me. What it is for me is that I felt like during the Obama years, I had this sense that we were moving forward, that all of the work that we did in the civil rights movement had gotten the country to a place where we were more equitable. You know, Martin Luther King Jr.'s hope that we would be judged on the content of our character was becoming more of a reality. And then over those eight years in these past four years, it seems like we've gone backwards instead of coming forward. And as a as a parent, I feel like now this burden has to be passed on to my children for them to continue to fight uphill. Whereas I was hoping that they could that they could just fully be themselves and be recognized and, and loved and love other people just for fully being themselves. I guess it was a pipe dream, but so I guess I'm dealing with my loss of idealism. In, in the aftermath of this election? Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've been there <laughs> and was there. 
even until yesterday and I don't, something just you know in me kind of changed a little bit it's not changed but it just after hearing Abby Phillips talk and after looking at some of the results and after talking with some colleagues and having a conversation actually with my daughter who was a first-time presidential voter and got to vote in Pennsylvania Yay. and just, yeah which was great and just thinking about how I shift how I'm thinking about this because I'll tell you what like I was feeling like that and then I started to feel like I was like am I like depressed I'm like this is awful and sad and terrible and I just don't I can't live in that space right now I mean with COVID and everything else and so I I just tried to read some things and, and and think about a perspective where where maybe just maybe this history like we're on the cusp of this moment where history will help us correct some of these wrongs. Now, it's not going to happen in four years or eight years, however many years they get in the White House. It's not going to happen that quickly because we're dealing with 400 years of systemic racism, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if we could, if I could think about sort of the world that I would want for my grandkids, if I hopefully have grandkids or my great grandkids, like how do we start to think about that in this historic moment and and think about how we do things and how we show up um, to to support that? I guess I'm just like struck by the history and the, you know, I, I actually had a, a phone call at 930, a, a webinar, a webinar, webinar, sorry, at 930 yesterday. And I needed to show up after like watching CNN and talking with my daughter. And I was actually crying and was trying to get myself together. And one of my colleagues said, why don't you have an honest dialogue about what you're feeling? Mm-hmm. And that's the moment where I shifted, started to shift from like, you know, I'm feeling this sense of horribleness but also looking at this opportunity during this time in history. And I'm like, man, like, this is great. And so, well, not great. Let me correct that. This is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I just started to think a little bit differently. And so, and, and I'm thinking about the example that we set for our kids, right? Like, I'm like, you know, how do I show my daughter? I don't want her to just be like, everything is horrible. Nothing's going to get better. You know, I want her to have some hope and optimism for a better future and for us saving the soul of our nation at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that also helped me shift my thinking. Like, it, you know, what example am I setting for her? Should we just sit here and be, you know, like, this is awful? Or can we sit here and say, this is awful because we did have 69 million people vote <laughs> for, for uh, right. a racist president. Um and also here's where we can go like here's the opportunity this black woman is about to be a vice president of our country yeah i i hear you and i i will get there i will definitely get to the opportunity phase of this um uh, i always do um well, one nice way to get there is by talking about stacy abrams yes Oh, oh my gosh. goodness. Oh my gosh. I mean, talk about a, a first of all, talk about like kind of a redemption mm-hmm. look what you could have had story. This woman ran for governor and in uh in Georgia. Um there are many signs that show that there were things that happened during that election that suppressed the vote, uh that that caused mm-hmm. us not to get the results that probably we should have gotten, which would have meant governor stacy abrams but instead of just sitting down and saying oh woe is me this is terrible you know or or you know headed to some horrible place 
she and this is why i said what i said earlier she looked at where she was she faced blatant racism and sexism Mm -hmm. she looked at where she was and said i have an opportunity to do something different and what she decided to do was start an an organization focused on voter registration and look where we are look where we are yes yes that's the kind of thing i start to think about when i'm like okay this is terrible and look where we can go absolutely absolutely hats off to Stacey Abrams and she always credits everyone else she doesn't take the credit um, herself she credits everybody because it is true not it's not one person who can make these changes we all have to come together to do it yes but she is a perfect shining example of the opportunity that exists yes yes a, a true shining example and to your point um uh, I saw a tweet yesterday from her um, after everyone is singing her praises. I'm like, Queen, Queen Avery. <laughs> and I saw a tweet from her t- and she said she thanked a number of women who helped her with um, with her efforts down in Georgia. Again, totally selfless. But the other thing that she did in that tweet was elevate other women's voices mm-hmm. and brought those other women. She tagged their actual Twitter handle and she... Uh, elevated their voices and also introduced them in a way and many of them are well known but introduced them in a way to to a broader audience that was singing her praises and i mean think about that like mm-hmm. you're like delivering georgia <laughs> hopefully it'll stand i think it will um and also elevating other women and come on <laughs> and absolutely she could have been doom and gloom right like she d- was not treated right when she ran for governor she wasn't it just wasn't right and she chose to do something different and look at the result. Yeah, that is a, a perfect, a perfect note to wrap up our hot topic with. And what you said, the last thing is how she elevated other women. And I think that that's the other opportunity we have here. Um, like you said, um, Vice President elect Kamala Harris would be able to elevate other women just by her power and position. But we also have that opportunity to elevate other women and to bring another sister along. And that's how sisters can overcome and rise. Absolutely. I really love that. And that's such an an, an important, good point to, to end on. I will make just one more quick point. If you look at uh, Senator Kamala Harris's career as well, you know, she wanted to be the president. She was running for president. Had to come out of that race. It's partly because how she was treated. Partly because she couldn't raise the money that some of these other folks could raise. And look where she is now. And so, I love the the theme of your show and how we help other women rise. Thank you for listening to this episode of Soar. If you'd like to reach me for coaching, you can reach me at www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And if you want to follow SOAR, you can follow Sisters Overcoming and Rising on Instagram or Stephanie Brown Coaching on Facebook. Goodbye for now.